Welcome to the Tweet Couch Guitar Therapy Session where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweet Couch we are counseling on Relic Guitars. Some love them and some hate them, but nobody can deny their controversy in the guitar community. Some love relics because they look old or they think they sound better, while others despise relics because it shows a lack of care or it tells a story that the guitar or the guitarist did not earn. But why do people relic? Is it a money thing? Can a guitar be too relict? Which company does it the best? Do relic guitars sound better? Can you really relic a guitar by pulling it behind a truck? And YouTube comments. Yeah, people are weird. Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Jason, it is great to have you back on the couch today to talk about something that I know that you and I both love to talk about, and that is relics. So thanks for being here on the couch. Good to be back. It's been a long time since I've been on the couch. Yep. Pretty much just because I've been cured of any uh, mental illness that I had and I didn't need the therapy, but unfortunately it came back around. So here I am. Yeah. Joke's on you. I'm the one that actually needed the therapy. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and I will say, and I want to say this uh, with all seriousness before I turn off the seriousness. Okay. I have enjoyed listening to Lloyd and John on the couch. Hearing their perspective on things is very interesting. Now, John in particular made some comments that were a little uh, offensive to guitar players. Um, Well, mostly just to you. but Well, no, I'd say most guitar players. Okay. Here's the deal. I feel like he wants to start a battle with me, but I'm not going to let it happen. Really? I'm I'm too big of a fan of his. I won't allow it. Okay. No matter what hate he has inside of his heart for guitar players that are right-handed, that just happen to be right-handed, yep. I won't. I won't allow it to, to you know, affect my my state of mind and my happiness. So, John, I like you. I I love your content, and um, I just I wish you the best. That's really grown up of you. That's a growing moment. That's really good. It is. Thank you. So let's talk about damaging things. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, so like relics, because that's where we're actually headed with all this. And in relicking guitars, the thing is, I've played a number of them. You've Mm -hmm. played a number of them. I've owned a number of them. I own very few of them. You own many of them. So I think that this is going to be an excellent conversation because relicking didn't start with you just playing relics guitars. No. How about you tell me... Where did this all start for you? And then what did you do to remedy your situation of needing relic guitars? Okay. So in 1997-ish, I believe, was when Fender started releasing the the custom shop relics. Okay. I immediately was like, that's awesome. That's very cool. Um, And again, that was what? A hundred years ago? I'm not good at math. Yeah. Mm. Give or take 75 years. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so they started doing that, and I just I fell in love with them. I love the way they looked. Even though I'm not the biggest, biggest SRV fan, you know, your brother was, our friend Ian yep. Gutierrez was, yes. and um, 
we I just I just thought it was so cool him up there playing that beat up guitar. So I was like, that's just so cool. I mean, he's the only guy I could really think of that had just a just a beat up beat up guitar, and I just loved it. And for some reason, I had this love affair with a beat up Strat. And then you know, I started spending time in the early days of the Telecaster discussion page. You know, a lot of guys on there were playing vintage Tellys, and so I would. I would yeah. be drooling over their guitars. And so I started to love those as well. And so basically I started seeing them and I've always had this fascination with old stuff. I just love, like I'd love going to the antique stores with my parents when I was younger. And like, I, I yeah. love garage sales or now I love going to estate sales with Kim. I think we've talked about that. Yep. I don't know. I just love old stuff and I love the way it looked. And to me, it just started off as a looking cool thing and we'll get, we'll build on that later, but it just started off by looking cool. Yeah. I loved it. And I would say that for me, I saw a number of guitars that were relict and relict naturally, not not yeah. you know, artificial. And yeah. I found myself going, Wow, that is an ugly looking guitar. <laughs> and I okay. didn't like it. I just was like, Can you not take care of your instrument? Like yeah. what's wrong with you? Did you get drunk and fall off stage? Like what what happened? to this guitar and I did not like it. I would see guitar center come out with the SRV version Mm -hmm. of number one. And it was like classic, clean, perfect. Yeah. Remember those back in the nineties? Of course. And I was like, Ooh, I want one of those. Uh Yeah. That's what I want. And once again, you mentioned my brother, Paul, he had mm-hmm. a sunburst American Strat and he decided that he wanted to do some relicking to it yep, because it yep. already had a few marks on it. And he decided to try and chip away a little bit. Mm-hmm. He even cut out the tremolo. Oh, I you know how I, he had the left hand tremolo? I don't know if I was there with him when he did it, but I, I vividly recall that like fit, you know, putting in a, a spare piece of wood in there. I mean, I was there. I lived those, those moments. I remember. Yeah, it was crazy because basically he realized that on a Stratocaster tremolo, where the tremolo arm goes in, there's this drop down in the tremolo, so there's more wood yep. taken out. Mm-hmm. If he takes out that piece of wood and then puts it on the other side and glues it in, yep. it fits pretty much perfect. And so that's what he did. He bought a left-handed yeah. tremolo, and he moved that thing over, and it looks awesome. It looks yeah, fantastic. It does. And I you could know, not believe it. At this point in my life, I would be comfortable doing that. I'd be like, I can do that. I'm a good enough woodworker. But at the age that he did it, I would have not even dreamed of doing that. Like that's that oh was yeah, a, that was a bold move that he did. What was he like? Nineteen twenty? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Pro- I mean, at the very oldest, early, early, early twenties. Which is just crazy. And the thing, though, that I want to bring up is he did something that I think a lot of people make the mistake of when relicking. Yep. And the thing he did was he decided, oh, there's this little mark. I bet you if I chip away at it, it'll just relic like Stevie Strat. Yeah. And essentially what he ended up with was just more chips because essentially his 1995 American standard Stratocaster was not a nitro finish. It was a poly finish and poly does not check. It does not, it's plastic. It doesn't like to get beat up. And at the time we didn't know nitro versus poly. That wasn't a, that wasn't a common vernacular, uh, you know, in the world. Right. And if it was, it wasn't at our age. Yeah. 
I don't know if vernacular is the right word or not, but it sounded really smart, like in the moment. And so I'm just going to go that with that. That was super smart. That yeah. was totes smart. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so it wasn't, you know, now you talk to people and they're like, hey, I want to relic this guitar. And somebody's like, no, it's not nitro. You can't do that. Poly doesn't relic. And you're like, oh, okay. Right. Okay. That makes sense. But back then, like we didn't even know, or I didn't anyways. And I don't think he did either, that it was totally different. You know, a good friend of mine, Todd Miller, he's a bass player and he had his first bass, which was that. Uh, what was it? I guess it was a Lake Placid Blue, but it was mm-hmm. the 1994 Jazz Bass Blue. Mm-hmm. He decided he wanted to do a relic with it, which, of course, a Mexican Jazz Bass from 1994. It's a poly finish. And he starts chipping away at it. And as he chipped away at it, he revealed the sunburst finish underneath it. Really? Yes. Okay. Now, it chipped away like plastic. So it was... ugly looking but what was crazy was it had this sunburst finish and what we found was in some of the research basically they would sunburst the guitars Mm -hmm. and if there was a flaw they would just do a solid color just because they were like yeah we can't put any more time into this and just solid color done that's what they did back in the 50s and 60s yeah, it was. And, you know, so he has this guitar now that has all these chips of blue wow. taken off, and underneath is this sunburst. Okay, that's cool. I'd like to see that. You should post that. Yeah, maybe I should. I, you know what? Yeah. I'll see if I still have the pictures. If I don't, then I'll ask him for it. He'd okay. love to yeah, that's, see that's that cool. at places. That's cool. Yeah. So, in your story of relicking, mm-hmm. tell me, did you do some dumb DIY stuff? Like, I can relic this. I can do it. Of course, I could play it, but there's other things I could do. I could throw it off a bridge. Yeah. yeah. I could sink it to the bottom of an ocean. Like, what What did you do? Yeah, I did. So at, at whatever I was at, at in 97, I did not have relic kind of cash on me or, no. or custom shop kind of cash. And they were the only ones doing it, too. There was nobody else doing it. They were the They were it. And to be be clear, in 97, we're talking about, we're pretty much high school, like teenage to college, mid to low 20s. Yep. So we're student broke. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I didn't have money to do it. And so what I, and I wanted sunburst strats so bad, just a beat up sunburst strat. I always wanted it. So I traded a guy and it was a, a made in Japan 60s. 60s reissue, a sunburst, a rosewood neck, loved it. Great guitar, just a just a really good guitar. And it was one of the, the ones that was made in Japan, so it was even better. And, you know, I wish, gosh, I wish I still had it now. Yeah. But I get it home and, you know, I asked my dad, who just, he just knows everything. I'm like, dad, you know, how can I make this look old right, like this? And the first thing he does is like, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you should mess with it at all. And I was like, no, I want it to look old. And he's like, ah, I probably wouldn't do it. So first thing I do probably against his well definitely against his wishes but he might have told me i could do this but yeah i was gonna do it anyways and so i got steel wool just to take the gloss off oh yeah sanded all the the top coat off with steel wool and just made it dull and it still looked brand new it just looked dull it didn't look old at all (laughs) and um you pretty much just took the top coat off and then yep. you just needed to polish it. It's basically what they do to make the guitar. Yeah, like I could have, yeah, I could have buffed it out again and probably made it look new again. And I should have done that. But yeah, I did that to the to the body and to the neck. And then also during that time, found out 
Oh yeah, steel wool probably is uh, attracted to magnets, and so get it all over the oh, pickups as well. Yeah, it was a definite learning experience. And um, did you do the pick guard as well? I think I probably didn't at that time, but later on, I one hundred percent did the brown shoe polish rub on. And yes, I remember. You know, Steve Ray Vaughn always had the cigarette mark up on his headstock. Yep. You know, at the, at this time, the internet's kind of just starting to pick up some steam. So people were like, oh, you know, do this, do this, or whatever. And so I remember getting, yep. I don't remember if it was that guitar or another guitar, but I had, you know, I'm I'm not going to lie. I've got a white trash uh, branch of the family tree. And uh, yep. they're, they're uh-huh. all smoking one day at my grandma's house, like outside, of course. And I go in and I'm like, hey, can can y'all give me one of those cigarettes? And they're like, well, you don't smoke. I was like, I know. I just, I want cigarette smoke because people would be like, you know, years of cigarette smoke is what makes these really look old or whatever. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah. I was like, all you, be it. all you idiots just gather around and blow all your smoke on this guitar. So they did that. One like put the cigarette in between the strings and like burned a spot. It honestly, it, it didn't make it look old at all. It just made it stink like <laughs> cigarette smoke. <laughs> And so that was that was kind of my strike too, but yep. But I wasn't giving up yet. Yep. I was still trying, as you shouldn't. Yeah, I don't think it was that guitar. I think I gave up on that guitar because it stunk so bad, and I was like, oh, I can't get rid of this. I spray. I remember spraying Febreze on there. I was like, I'll get this odor up, but it still stunk. But the next one is I I, I went somewhere. I, maybe I don't know. It was a guitar shop or or a guitar show, maybe. But I got a body, a strap body. I was like, I know what okay. I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna do. So I got yeah. that body. Yeah. I got a rope. A rope. Okay. And I got in my pickup truck. <laughs> and I, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna try it. At this point, there was no joke about. Oh, that looks like somebody dragged it behind a pickup truck. There was just like, you know, that's gonna age it pretty fast. <laughs> So I I got that strap body, and I remember driving down. <laughs> I remember driving down the road and just seeing it bouncing around in the background, like <laughs> just basically like you would imagine it looks like. I mean, it's just bouncing, and it'll hit a ba- so, it'll something boom, go up in the air. Oh, it was the image that I have in my head is tubing, like you're on yeah. a choppy lake tubing. That's very similar. <laughs> And I'm, I'm sure, you know, the funny thing is, is I was driving through the neighborhood. I was probably going 20 miles an hour, you know. I'm sure there are yeah, people. Yeah, school zone. Yeah, I'm sure there's people like looking out going, was that a guitar body on the, on the, what's going on there? And I'm just driving by, <laughs> you know, young Jason probably listening to George Strait or Garth Brooks or something. I'm just yeah. cruising down the road, looking back in my rearview mirror. Some Sawyer Brown. Oh, but some girls do. Yeah. Yeah, hey, it's yeah. possible. Um, man, there's no telling what I was listening to at that time. But I'm cruising down the road. I keep looking back, and then I'll like pull over and I'll stop and I'll go grab it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's looking good. It's looking good. Meanwhile, it looked terrible. But you know, oh I'm yeah, not, yeah, I want it to look good. So, so then I would get it and I'd like turn it over to the to the back side of the body, start driving a little bit more, just like as it's going down the street, just just Gosh. like you said, just like tubing, and so. Yeah, I finally get it, and I I I stop and I grab it. I was like, okay, I got to pick it up, and it looks like somebody dragged it behind a truck. I mean, it was just, no. it didn't look anything. It didn't look like an old guitar. It just looked like crap. It was terrible. I still can't believe I did it, but you know, I I gave it a shot. And here's the th- here's what I'll say. 
Okay. This whole relic thing has been a learning process each step of the way. Yes. Like to make it look more and more accurate. So, and let me let me rewind a little bit. I'd like to first of all congratulate you because I heard yesterday that you were the high school teacher of the week. Is that true? Yes, I was. I was LD Bell High School's teacher of the week. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a I good honor because it's a great honor because there's a lot of teachers there and to be named that that's that's awesome. So congratulations. Yeah. Well, um, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But yeah, so you're welcome. And back to so back to that. I used to teach science as well, and one of the things I always told kids is, you know, when you're when you're doing science, like you ask a question and you try something, and if it doesn't work, try something else. You keep trying. You keep trying. That's my scientific method of relicking. That's happened over the years. <laughs> I have you um, created a hypothesis. I asked a question. You made a testable statement. Yep. <laughs> you analyzed your data. Yeah. If I drag this guitar body behind my truck, then it will look like a pre-CBS Stratocaster. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. So uh, you got a Squire body, uh-huh. and then <laughs> no, probably probably all parts or something. I would guess. Yeah. That's about all that was around at the time. But some basswood and or some yeah. poplar. Yeah, probably like balsa wood, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was strike two and three, I would say, because the steel wool was probably strike one. The cigarette smoke was strike two. The the car was strike three. It didn't work. Yeah. Now you've done a number of different things in the name <laughs> of relicking, and I have. you know you talk about dragging this guitar body behind your vehicle, which I remember. When Paul told me about this, and I went, that's crazy. And then later, when we started to be more of friends, and I asked you about this guitar, and you're like, oh, I got rid of that years ago. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That wasn't that, it. I mean, that was just a sign of things to come with me. Like, oh, I got rid of that. I got rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the 62 strap that you had, you had a 62 reissue. Yep. I had a 62 reissue. I drove out to Shreveport to it get it. It was beautiful. Yep. And I remember you going, ah, this is it. And then like two months later, you're like, no, that wasn't it. It wasn't it. The neck was too small on it. Yeah. And well, and I remember you actually ended up getting a custom shop neck to then stick on something else. Yeah. You got a smoking deal on it. I remember what it was. It was like 200 bucks for a custom shop neck. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. You've done a number of guitars. That, that's all we got to yeah. say is that yeah, you've done a number. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder, Tom Murphy... Is that how he started with Gibson Murphy Lab? Yeah, I think he, it's probably... Did he just decide to drag a Les Paul behind his vehicle and just go, nope, that wasn't I, it? I don't know if that's how he started or not, but I think it's pretty safe to say that Tom Murphy and I are pretty much on the same level at this point. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're both from Texas. Yeah, that's right. Both have first and last names. Uh, true. Yeah. True. You both have Gibsons. Yeah, we probably both own a, a Murphy Lab Les Paul. Yeah, I, yeah, you're the same, one and the yeah. same. Yeah, except exactly. you're slightly above because you're two time teacher of the year. Oh, that's true. He's probably He's never not. even been. No, not even so, once. And if I'm being honest, his wife probably isn't half as amazing as mine. So I've got him there as well, and good looking. Yeah, for real. Hmm. We true. both lucked out on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so let me let me tell you a couple more uh, just honorable mention things I've done stupid with guitars. Uh, okay. But some of it, actually they've gotten better. I've gotten better at it. I have done the put the guitar body in the freezer, then hit it with a hair dryer trick. I've done that to add checking. Okay, so that is one thing that I wanted to ask you about because I actually have a guitar 
that it was relicked by MJT. Uh huh. That yep. was yours at one time. Yep. And I think you did the checking job on this. I did. I did. But I did not do it that way. I did it a different way, actually. Tell me how you did this one. Okay. Because I actually get compliments yeah. on the checking on it. I'm telling you, the last couple bodies I got from MJT, I have done the checking on it. And those, what I did is I did them, I would heat them up with a hairdryer and then hit them with the upside down air duster cans. You know, they get really cold. Oh. And I saw that, remember at a Dallas guitar show, they were doing a demonstration, Fender was, and that's the way they did it. And so I kind of stole it from there. Now, a couple of times what I did is I got some stain to rub it in to get it, okay. you know, to show a little bit better. But to me, what that does is it really accentuates the lines there. And I didn't love that. Oh, yeah. And so what I did on that one that you have and the other ones, I would go outside to my backyard and I'd get dirt and I would just rub it in. And then wipe it off. Excellent. I just remember one day I was sitting there. I was like, what can I get that would look like dirt? Like, what can I do? And I would try all these different stains. <laughs> I was like, what you looks need to, like you dirt? You need relic dirt. Yeah. Um, yes. if, if only if I had something like dirt that and I could it, do. Like, all of a sudden, Gosh. it was like my dog probably walked in with muddy paws. I was like, Abby, you're a genius. So you wipe the dog's butt with the guitar. Because yeah. that, yeah, no, no, that's no, no, just no. like Actually, dirt. It looked like dirt. <laughs> No, I use dirt from outside. Oh, yep. Abby's a genius for something else. Got it. Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. All right. And so, um, so <laughs> we have the dumbest conversations. They're so stupid. <laughs> and what's what's funny is we have these conversations even if it's not recording. Like these are our conversations. That's true. Yeah, because I can always edit it out if it's really bad. But nope, yeah. this one's staying in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have also done the hydrochloric acid and used that the fumes from that to to relic hardware. I've done that a number of times, and it works works like a champ. Did you use school resources to make this happen? Oh no, no, I don't even um, no. I just buy at Home Depot or whatever the pool cleaning stuff, whatever that is. Yeah, I have actually thought about taking like guitar hardware and leaving it in our chemical closet just to see what oh, would yeah. happen. But at our school, we don't have really we don't keep chemicals at our school, which is crazy. But we don't have any. Really? Yeah. That's more of a high school thing because we just teach, you know, life science and earth science, basically. We yeah. don't need any chemicals. We'll leave it in the janitor's closet and see what happens. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. And so so I've done that. I've, I've aged the hardware. And then the other thing I've, I've tried to do is to do the pick marks up above the pick guard. And that went well at some points. But what I did is I kept trying to add to it. I was like, let me do more. Let me do more. And then it got over the yeah. top and I didn't like it. And so what I've started doing is when I have a guitar that I want some, I'll just grab a pick and I'll just play real heavy. Just like watch TV and just, you know, over it. Yeah. It, it's okay, but I've, I've stopped doing that. So that's about well, all I've tried. If you strum it like an acoustic, you would probably get that. If you're just like, I'm True. doing these big old open country jangly chords, you probably yeah, have it. Yeah, yeah. So what's funny is you decided you wanted to sell off your MJT Stratocaster and I ended up getting it, but you only wanted to sell off the body. Understandable. So I get the body here comes in the neck. I ordered a neck specific for me Mm -hmm. and my kids go, Ooh, can I play it? And I'm like, absolutely. Here's a really, really sharp pick. Yes. And I gave him <laughs> Go to town. the pick. And, and when I say gave him the pick, I'm talking about my youngest. And at this time, <laughs> he was, let's see, born in 12. So he was six years old, probably. Okay. And he just strummed like mad. And when he was done, you could see the pick marks. 
all oh, up and down. Like it was nuts. And I was like, I believe um, it. you might have done too much. <laughs> so then I tried to buff it out a little bit. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and try and buff it out a little bit. And yeah. when I did, it was perfect. Oh, nice. Just perfect. So nice. there you go. For anybody who wants to relic and have pick marks on their nitro finish, just give it to like your six-year-old mm-hmm. or your five-year-old and tell them to just go nuts. Go to town. Have at. Yep. I like it. It works. I mean, it works. And it's better than taking like a Dremel tool to it because you get actual authentic strumming. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That actually brings an interesting point up, which is the do's and don'ts of relicking. Because you've mentioned a few that you're like, that's a don't. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't you dare. But at the same time, there are companies where I will look at a relic. And I will say, that's not a relic. That's a sham. Yeah. Like, that's literally somebody who went, I don't know how to finish a guitar or a neck or put frets mm-hmm. in properly. Here you go. Yeah. That's that. I yeah, feel that's, like they would have, they could have just spent less time on the guitar, like making it and called it a relic and they would have been better off. Okay. So tell me, what do you think? What are the worst, like, wear spots? What are the worst companies even, possibly? Or possibly even the worst guitars to Relic? Okay, well, first of all, I will say, I hate to disagree with you, but the the company that I think of that does the absolute worst Relics make fantastic guitars. But their Relicking is awful. And that is Sir Guitars. I could not agree more. Yep. They do not look real. They don't, I mean, and they call it antique or whatever. They don't look anything like a real old guitar. And I'm like, I don't know what you're going for here. Are you going for pull behind your truck? Like Jason in early 2000? Or what are you going for here? Yeah. But yeah, they make great guitars, but their relics are horrid. I mean, just horrid. I think that Sir needs a Cornelius lab. I agree. I would be willing to listen to them. I'll just say that. Well, you have a science degree, so at least you have that. You belong in the lab. Yeah, that's true. Well, I also am very close, and and I'd like to I'd like to announce this to our our legion of followers out there. I'm Legions. getting getting very close to becoming a certified therapist. And whenever I do, yes. here's how we're announcing it. You're going to say, I'm not a licensed therapist, and I'm, but I'm going to say, but I am. That's how we're going to do yes. it. And I know we did talk about okay. it. You are actually a therapist, but not a mental therapist. Yeah. So, no, I'm a physical yes. therapist, you yes, know, yes. but not a physical therapist. I do physical things as therapy. I'm not going to say when I'm done, but whenever I'm done, you'll know by the intro, whenever Dr. T says, I'm not a licensed therapist, I'll say, but I am. Yes. And I think that is going to be the day that we will switch roles and you will ask me questions and talk about stuff. Yes. And we'll do something that I just love talking about because usually I do these type of things with things that the other person loves talking about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So now you have to talk about something I love talking about. So you're going to have to be like, okay, tell me about Christian artists. Just for one episode though. Just for for one episode. (laughs) Oh yeah. One episode. Yeah. I can't, I'm not cut out for this. Okay. I love talking about me, but I can't talk about anybody else. (laughs) No, no, yeah. (laughs) I only care about what I care about. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and there's another company called Vintage. 
that is oh, based yeah. here, you know, in Fort Worth. And they, they make some that look decently okay, but I've also seen some really bad ones from them. But they're, you know, they'll make knockoff strats and tellies and Les Pauls yep. and, and juniors. And, them. Yeah. Yeah. Which reminds me, I did give Owen a Les Paul Jr. from Vintage. Yeah, you did. I tried the old hairdryer, you know, cold air thing. It didn't work. And so I thought, you know what? This is not hard. And one day I'm sitting home. It's probably summertime, I'm guessing, because, you know, yep. as a teacher in summertime, you get bored sometimes. And so I get out the old exacto because Tom Murphy and I, we have so much in common. Yeah. And yep. uh, I, I ruined the back of it. But at least I was smart enough to do it on the back. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then you gave it to Owen and you said, play it. And yeah. he thought the neck felt amazing. Good. As he played it, I had to file down the frets because, like, the frets were just a little, like, pointy on the ends, and it was not a hydration issue. It was it was a little bit sharp. And so I filed him down a bit, and he played it for a while, and he really liked it. Yeah. And then one day, he asked if he could borrow my telly. Game over. He has played it ever since. Yep. That's good. I, I appreciate that. I've given him my PRS to play. I have given him my Les Paul to play, yep. and sure enough, every time he goes back to the telly, and I went, I like oh, it. you're a telly man. Yeah. I've Good never been you. so proud. Yep. I know. I am Next proud thing you too. know, he's going to be playing like the most cork sniffery tellies in the world, only Daniel Casters yeah. and Nacho yep. guitars. Whose guitars? Nacho guitars. <laughs> Nacho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so as we're talking about worst relic stuff... Yep. I think for me, the thing that I cannot stand the most when it comes to a relic is when someone's playing a relic guitar, and as they're playing the relic guitar, you notice that where the arm wear marks are is nowhere near where they <laughs> actually play the yeah. guitar and have their arm marks. Yep. It I, drives yeah. me nuts. And speaking of arm marks, the Brad Paisley model fenders, they they just they don't look good. Okay. You know, I love yep. Fender, I love Brad, but man, those those do not look good. It I mean, it looks like they got a piece of cardboard, put it down on it, the shape they wanted and sprayed the finish over that and then just lifted it up and said, "Okay, there you go." Done. It's not it's not a good look. They all look exactly the same. It doesn't look natural like it it looks like poo. And I hate to use that kind of language. Wow. I know. Yeah understandable on a family podcast but that's what that's what it looks like poo straight up yep. yep yeah well and he actually has a deuce amount of signature models with them because yeah. he has the esquire yeah and, and then number two yeah yeah Italian. so between both of those i mean sometimes when you're just dumping products down yeah it makes it real difficult. Yeah. Well, I th- I think they came out with the silver one first, right? And they're like, man, that's just like, yes, they're getting money like hand over fist. And so they're like, let's not flush this down the toilet. Let's just let's come up with another idea so we can really yep get some more money and just really kind of squeeze it out of them. You know, it makes me wonder when is Brad going to actually play at like the Super Bowl? Maybe it's when uh-huh. the Browns go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe that's when he'll play. That makes, I mean, that makes sense because he is a big Cleveland fan. He likes the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. He likes the Browns. Uh, you huh. know, sometimes a couple times a day he likes them. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. <laughs> back to, 
back to what we're talking about. Actually, what maybe this is a time for us to maybe this is a time for us to take a word from our sponsors because okay. this is going completely. We need some Christ in our life. Yeah, we do. <laughs> or toilet paper, or flushable wipes <laughs> and a bidet. Very European of you. Thank you. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Who doesn't love a party with a purpose? If you love music, family-friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In 2023, they will have festivals in Wisconsin and Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Cressman Guitar Company has been repairing and building guitars. In 2021, Cressman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking, and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. Let's hear from our final sponsor. If you like my voice on this podcast, I am using a TechZone Audio Products Stellar X3, and I am honored for the opportunity to represent it. Okay, so now that we have uh, gone ahead and you know gotten all that out of our system, let's go ahead and let's talk about something else, which is relicking. Does it actually affect the tone? And the reason why I bring this up is actually because of a comment that I got on a YouTube that mm-hmm. I did. And this video was your unboxing of yeah. your Murphy Lab, which, by the way, is a beautiful guitar. And it oh, feels it amazing. It sounds does. amazing. Yeah, but that comment that that guy left was crappy. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and, and read it because this is what he said. He said, sorry, man. I really grant you that expensive Murphy Lab LP. Okay, I'm going to time out right there. Mm-hmm. Thank you? I guess thank you is what I have to say yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah. Next, it says, but put this aside, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does the Murphy Lab affect sound? Okay, so that's where we're at is that part. But he actually writes more. And when he writes the next part, he says, most importantly, so because it's most important, mm-hmm. I feel like we should talk about that before. Yeah. The affecting sound. Yep. From what I've heard and seen, period, I put you in an LP standard category. You could be very happy with a decent LP standard, or if you want to go a little more expensive, do an LP custom. Mm -hmm. But no harm done. Then it says, congrats on your LP 58 Murphy Lab. Well, first of all, I'm not offended at all that he said that the Murphy Lab is Me neither. Uh, more expensive than my skill level. It's the way I take that. And yeah. I'll be th- I'll be the first one to tell you that. Like, I mean, yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I will so. <laughs> only disagree with you on this. It's your money. Yeah, yeah. It's your feel. It's mm-hmm. your... How do I put it? Uh, it's it's your prerogative. Prerogative, yes. And and you know what? It also inspires you to play more. Yeah, yeah. It so does. when you have all those things in turn, you have owned LP standards and you uh-huh. have returned LP standards. I have, and I've owned the tributes. It's not right. Yeah, it didn't feel right. 
You yep. tried Zach Myers. You tried PRSs. You mm-hmm. tried different things, and this is the one. Do you still own your Murphy Lab? Well, let's talk about that. Oh, crap. Yeah, I still own it. Yeah, nice. Okay, sorry. I did another poop joke there. Okay, but, you know, the thing is, is that this is a guitar you've held on to, you cherish, and you love. So, to be put into the category of standard or LP custom, it he must mean on your ability to play, which yeah, I understand yeah, I in a nine and a half minute video of a guitar you just got, <laughs> that would probably give you enough data points to be able to put you in a category that yeah, I've never sure. ever heard of before. Yeah. But I will say this, this is what I appreciate about what he had to say was he was, he loved that you got the guitar. He yeah, thought it was nice. beautiful. And he was happy for you. And so I I appreciate that. I did did respond. Uh And when I responded, I said, thanks, man. Jason loves the R8 Murphy Lab. I have an LP Classic. So I basically decided to comment based off of a comment he had on my R9, Mm -hmm. which, by the Mm -hmm. way, evidently my unboxing was nonsense and BS. But we'll we'll go on with this. (laughs) So I continued and I said, I have an LP Classic and it was my main guitar for a long time. I tried out a number of standards over the years, but none made me want to leave the Classic. I played just a handful of customs. Then I played some R9s and they seemed to be what my hands had been looking for. And I liked the way that the custom buckers interacted with amp. The R8 Murphy Lab is great. Mm-hmm. And it inspired some different riffs out of me, but I preferred the R9. So okay. I was trying okay. to keep it on task, but at the same time also basically say, you know what? If I like my R9 and you like your R8, it's a video. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. it. That's it. I want to also add, while it sounds like we're we're complaining, we're not complaining. This guy actually also subscribed, <laughs> which great. Thank you Confusing, for subscribing. Great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and it it kind of led me to I sent you the picture of it, yeah, and said here's a screenshot. This is what the guy said, and your response was classic. It was <laughs> people are weird. Yeah, it's I mean, yes, they are. People, people are, are very weird. weird. I I don't yeah. have I don't I I've stopped trying to understand everybody. I just no. yeah, I just and yeah, it's fine. Weird. It's fine. It's kind of like yeah. that guy who said that. His Epiphones are best. He loves his Epiphones. Yeah. He'll take that Epiphone any day. And it's like, hey, man, good for you. I'm glad you have something you love. Yep. Don't poop on my parade. And I'll say this, too. There's there's a weird dichotomy here. Like, people that are incredible guitar players, I'm talking, like, the best. They live, breathe guitars. Like, they just, yeah. uh, it's, like it's, it's like it's part of them. They are always practicing, and they have... Not great guitars because they don't have a freaking job. They're always sitting there playing the guitar. Yeah. Some of us have True. this thing called a job that we don't get to practice yeah. all day long. However, it True. helps us buy expensive guitars that we enjoy and play. But then again, we don't have the all day to practice because we're working at this job thing. Yeah. So, I will say yeah. that when I was touring full time, I wanted a custom shop. I could not oh, fo- sure. afford yeah. A custom shop. So this is what I got. And that classic was great. And it still is mm-hmm. great. I yeah. love it. The reason why I love the R9 more is largely due to the weight. 
Yep. The neck shape in the pickups. Me too. The neck shape for me was a big plus, but for me it was the weight. I wanted, I mean, I really wanted one under eight pounds and I found it, which is yeah, rare, especially you for not You actually Nada. made a statement to me that you had to play the guitar in order for you to buy it. You said it over and over again. It's like, oh, I found yeah. this great R8. And you went, nope, I got to play it first. I got to play yeah. it first. Yep. And then all of a sudden you told me I bought a Murphy Lab. And you, actually yeah. you sent me a few pictures of different ones. And I said, yeah, this is the, probably the one that I would pick. And it just happened to be the one under eight pounds. Uh-huh. And it had all the stuff going. Yep. And you bought that thing. And I went, why did he buy this? I never looked at the weight. So when you all of a sudden yeah. said it's under eight pounds, I went, oh, well, uh-huh. duh, because you'll easily get your money back out of it That's... because you never find a Les Paul for under eight pounds. Yeah. And I mean, well under eight pounds, too. It wasn't like seven pounds, 15.9 ounces. You know, it was like 712, I think, or 711. Something. Yeah. 711. Yeah. Slurpee-ish. It was. Yeah. Something I mean, like that. And, and that was the thing. I was like, I can I can always resell this, especially being a Murphy Lab. You know, Murphy Lab's expensive and i bought it used and got a considerable discount on there and it's a relic yeah you love relics and so this brings up an interesting question too yeah which we're going to come back to does this affect tone or the sound we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a second but which do you prefer because you also recently got the novo uh-huh and you also have your dano casters yep so on your scale of hierarchy on quality of relic, where does the Murphy Lab sit Oof. as far as quality on that? And then as far as playability, which one are you jumping to first? If you're just playing anything, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the look of the Murphy Lab, it, it looks good. It looks It looks really good, actually. It doesn't feel old to me. To be honest, but it looks almost there. It, it looks old, but it doesn't feel old. My Dano casters, they both look really good, not perfect. Like I would never fall for that it was a vintage guitar, but it looks old. The Novos to me, their finishing looks really good too, and it and it feels old, like it feels old, but it doesn't really look old because their body shapes are so funky, you know, and everything. But they they yeah. feel old. But the guitar that I have that to me looks and feels old is the Heritage. The it's like a basically really? a 335. It's relict. Like if I could have found a Heritage Les Paul under eight pounds I, that's relict, I would have bought it. You're gonna be lucky to find a Heritage Les Paul under eleven pounds. Well, they say you know the the custom shop ones are all under nine, but I don't know. It's I don't I don't see many of them. They're heavy. Yeah. But I'll they tell you what, heavy. they play great. And that's that's yeah. what made me fall in love with the Les Paul. We were down in Austin visiting Oliver, my stepson. And if nobody has a bingo yet, then you're just not paying attention. Right. We are down there in Straight Music, which, by the way, what a great name. George Strait. I know it's not related to him, but it's called Straight Music. It makes me want to go there just because it says George Strait. Is it S-T-R-A-I-T? Exactly the same as George. Yep. George. Oh, my Straight gosh. Music. I mean, brilliant. Excellent. Like George Strait, the best singer ever. Or Copyright my infringement and everything. It's great. Yeah. What? Huh? George? No. Are oh, you talking about straight music? King Strait. 
Oh, okay, no? okay. Is it? Anyways, <laughs> so I go down there, and they had a Heritage Relic down there, and I played it, and I just fell in love with it. I was like, this is it. I played it through a Freedman in some little room oh. that they had, and I was like, this is it. This is it. Like, I'm ready to take over the world. But anyways, it. back to my point. The Heritage, the headstock's kind of ugly. The pit guard doesn't look quite right. The cutaway is not the same as the Les Paul, but I'll tell you what, they look and feel old. And for those of you that don't know Heritage, which you probably do if you're listening to this because you're a guitar nerd, but if you don't, they're built in the old Gibson factory and by the guys who built the old Gibsons. Yep. And so they know what they're doing. They make a great guitar. Yeah. But I will tell you one last thing. My nephew Garrett, he plays guitar as well. Every time I get a new guitar, he's like, oh yeah, that's nice. But he never goes crazy over it. And... Finally, one day he broke it to me. He's like, I really don't like the old like look. I don't like the relics. And I realized that's really a, that's, that's a, that's an older person thing. And I've heard people talking about yeah. boomers liking relics. And my, th- my thought is, and cause, cause he doesn't like them. And Oliver's friend, Lindy doesn't like them either. She's like, I just don't, I hate that manufactured old look. And what I tell them all the time is this. Look, if I could buy a vintage Strat, I would buy a vintage Strat. But I cannot spend yeah. ten, twenty thousand dollars on a on a guitar. This just gives me that feel. It gives me that look for uh, something I can afford. And so that that's what it is. And you know, call it what it is. But I take really good care of my guitars. And so my guitar is not going to age in my lifetime like that. It's just not. Yeah. And so it's that's it's true. something I want. And yeah, it is what it is. You know, I, I'm with you. Actually, this brings me to probably my like favorite company for doing relics, mm-hmm. and that is MJT. Yeah, they do I think a good job. MJT does an excellent job making the relics and and getting them looking good. Now, granted, you did this job of checking, which was fantastic, but I've played a number of your MJTs. I've yeah. seen a number of MJTs. I've got my own, and it is my favorite Strat I have ever played. That's a great And guitar. because of that, I will say that the reason why I got a Relic, this is my first Relic I've ever had. Oh, yeah. Huh. And the reason why I got it was because it looked the part, it felt the part, and it played the part. And all of those things made me go, wow, this is an amazing instrument. I can't afford a 1963 Stratocaster. Right. I want a 1963 Stratocaster. <laughs> but I also all. want a 1963 Stratocaster with a decent-sized neck. And that's mm-hmm. not something they really did. Yeah. So I was able to make one little custom change and get a guitar that looked, felt, and essentially seemed like it gave me the mojo of it yeah and i got it for not just a fraction of the price but one would dare even say like 10 percent of the price Mm -hmm. then going out sourcing finding the other and then going well i can't play it out because it's worth too much i can't you know let somebody borrow it because it costs too much and all those and i think that brings up also my last little point before we talk about does it affect tone, and that is when it comes to relics, what I really love about it is I don't worry about it. Exactly. That's exactly right. Granted, I also think it's really funny when somebody says, this relic is mint. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but 
I will say that it's also one of those things that it's like my brother Paul has borrowed my Strat when he's been in town and had to go yep. play out. I saw him playing at Life Fest. Yeah, and I don't yeah. I don't worry about it. Not yep. one bit. Yeah, and, and anybody who listened know or if you heard the the episode about finding the PRS at the estate sale, I had that and it was a hollow body one and it was gorgeous. Oh, I mean yes. ten ten top and I mean it was just it was gorgeous, but every time I played it, I have to like look around and think, okay, am I gonna hit it against anything? What am I gonna do? You know, yeah. let me make sure. And let me let me wash my hands before I play it and let me make sure the strings are wiped down. When I play a relic, I'm like, give me that dirty old thing. Like, I'm just going to play it. If I knock into something yeah. good, it just got better. And it, it's just a mindset for me. And I I prefer it. I, I really do. And it's changed things. You know, basically, like I'm looking around the room. Everything I have right now is a relic except for my acoustics. And then the PRS that, yeah. that I got from you, the Swamp Ash special. Yeah. And, you know, it's because of your love of relics that has made me, I think, Love some relics myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this brings up probably the last question that I'm going to ask you. And that is this. Does the relicking actually affect the tone? I think the finish on it does. Yeah. I think the finish does. I think the lack of finish on the neck. I think it gives it, and this may just be psychological, but I think it gives it a more airy tone that just feels like, Okay, I can breathe better. I, I'm not stifled by this thick coat of yeah. poly on me. But yeah, to me it does. And again, I don't I don't have any scientific evidence to back that. It's just the feeling I get. But it definitely does make a difference. I would say the psychological part is probably the bigger part to all of it. Mm-hmm. Because although I could say, yeah, it makes sense. There's more vibration that can happen in the wood. There's more of the... Um, the way that the frets can feel inside that finish, the way that the tremolo is down to the wood, whatever it is, like, sure, I can make some arguments for all that, but there's one thing that nobody can argue, and that is if I pick up a guitar that inspires me, it changes the tone, yep. it changes the feel, it changes everything, and I can I can say case in point is when I pick up my Strat and I play that Strat and it feels right and it plays right and it is relict and it it just gives me that mojo of, yes, this is it. Mm -hmm. And then I go pick up somebody else's Strat and I go, I'm fighting it. All I'm Mm -hmm. doing is fighting it. Yep. Even if it's a relic or not, if I don't have the mojo behind it, it's not there. So if someone gets something that is relict and it coaxes out other sounds, other things... You know what? Yes, it affects tone. It absolutely affects tone. Could a new guitar, because it's new, affect tone? Absolutely, it affects tone. Yeah, I totally agree. I could not agree more. And Especially electric. Uh, yeah, especially electric. Now, just really quick, I will say, I have toyed around with the idea. There's a, there's a company called Pre-War Guitars, and they make acoustic guitars yeah. that are aged. I'm not going to lie. Yep. I've looked at them a few times. I haven't pulled any purchases. I haven't put in any uh, deposits, but I've looked at them. So just stay tuned on that little note. Well, and I will add another like part to that, which is Tom Murphy has been jacking around with acoustics. Oh, really? So there may be Murphy Lab hummingbirds and doves. Oh, and- I'd love to have an old dove. Oh, me too. 
freaking pure country. Anyway, yeah. what, Dusty Wyatt Chandler, Wyatt Dusty Chandler. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right. So that probably brings us to the final, final thoughts. And my final thought is that when it comes to relic guitars, mm-hmm. I love them. I don't just like them. Yeah. I love them. And it's not just because I'm a boomer and or anything <laughs> You're not like a boomer, that. though. I'm not. No, I'm not. You're not boomers. But I think what it is that I love about them is I love that I don't worry about them. Mm-hmm. They play great. They sound great. They look great. And then I take them to the show and I bring them back. It is, or I don't, if it gets stolen, I'm like, man, that super sucks. I'm really mad and I'm totally, but I don't feel like I just lost a 63 strat. That would be completely different. And that's the reason why I think that relic guitars are great. I prefer a new guitar or a new looking guitar, but I love a relic too. What's your thoughts? I see a guitar, like we were talking about earlier, that SRV guitar. I remember when I saw it for the first time, I was like, oh, that's cool, but it looks too shiny. I'm not a big fan. When I see a new guitar, I am not as drawn to it as a beat-up guitar. However, I will say this. I think there's only one company really doing it right right now, and that's Fender. I think Fender Custom Shop is the best at it. Really? I do. Now, with Relics, this is my key. When you asked me to talk about Relics, this is what I thought of. The key to relicking is to do it subtly. I think that's the key. Any exposed yeah. wood is probably going to look bad. Like it needs to be very, very subtle. I think that there's an art to it for sure. And I think that people are getting better and better and better at it. And I think it's super cool because like you said, I can't go play a 50s telly out anywhere, but I could play a Dano caster that looks pretty close to a 50s telly or a yeah. custom shop. So yeah, I think we're living in a cool time. I mean, we're so lucky to be, have all this stuff and... I like the relics. I realize a lot of people don't, but that's okay. That's the reason they make different things for different people. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll I'll add one little part to that, and that is even Joe Bonamassa right now, Mm -hmm. who plays 58s and 59s on the road and does all that, his Amos Flying V, he now plays a relic on the road. Mm-hmm. instead of actual Amos. And the reason why is he can't justify bringing out that expensive of a guitar if it happens to go lost, yep. stolen, whatever. And he has zero worries about that guitar now. Yeah, and that's that's something, too, we probably should get into as well about how Tom Murphy started off making those. Was it for Keith Richards? Somebody. Joe Perry? Somebody. He started yeah. making them for somebody who wanted, hey, I... I love the feel of this old guitar, but I don't want to take it on the road anymore. And he started making them look old. Yeah. Maybe that'll be part two. I think we that's... should do that part two. The, oh. the birth of relics. Maybe we need to do a part two. The birth of relics. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, in time, maybe we'll own some more relics before then. Okay. We'll go to it. We didn't actually talk about telly relics really at all, except for Brad Paisley's, you know, yeah. abomination. So anyway, with all that said, I guess we are done with some group therapy. Thanks, Jason, for being on the tweed couch thanks for having me if you like what you heard make sure that you leave five stars in review also be sure to check us out on instagram facebook twitter and youtube and remember you are your greatest asset until next time <laughs>